Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. Today, we are looking to start our week like usual with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. Today, we're looking at Psalm 45 and 46 and Proverbs 28. Psalm 45 uh, isn't very long, and it's uh, just kind of a different psalm because it's it's written uh, to the chief musician upon Shohanim for the sons of Korah, a, son, a song of loves. But the one we're really going to be focusing on this morning is Psalm 46, which I think will be a uh, huge encouragement for us this morning. You know, there's no doubt uh, that we're facing some very bizarre and strange times. Uh, it appears we're on the brink of, of a potential World War III type scenario, and many would argue we're not on the brink, uh, that it's already begun. We're seeing economic uh, issues like we haven't seen uh, really developing on a global scale. Most of it, I believe personally, is intentionally created. We're seeing governments all over the world, including our own, doing everything they can to usurp complete control over the people. Tyranny is is really just grown in the last few years to quite a level. And then, of course, there's just the wickedness of man, uh, perversion specifically. Perversion that hasn't been seen since maybe ever. We are living in some difficult and strange times. There's no question about it. And so we are in a situation, we are in a time where we have to, we have no choice but to take refuge in God because there is no hope outside of God's intervention. There's at this point, there's, we've reached the point where it's just irreversible, un unchangeable, uncorrectable, except by the one who can do all things, except for by the one who can do the impossible. And so we're going to lean into that and how God is our refuge and our strength and our very present help in a time of trouble, which is what we're going to see in Psalm 46, which is only 11 verses long. Real quick before we get started, if you've mailed something to me to the post office box in the last two to three weeks, I finally made it to the post office uh, yesterday, so I have received that. I apologize that it takes me two weeks or so to, to get to the post office box. But I appreciate your support. Those of you who pray for the uh, for the podcast, those of you who financially support it, thank you so much for all you do in making this possible. Let's begin. Starting with Psalm 45, 17 quick verses here, and then we'll dig into Psalm 46. Here's what it says, King James Bible. My heart 
is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than, any, than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips, therefore God hath blessed thee forever. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness. And thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the peoples fall under thee. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Please know, this is an important thing that I think we've forgotten. We've forgotten that the, the world is a footstool for God, right? We've forgotten that Jesus Christ has ascended to the right hand of the Father and will remain there until he's made all of his enemies a footstool. We think of the world as, and everything is just kind of lost and maybe one day God will get control over it. That's not the case. We also have to understand that our lives are just a vapor. And things will be and can be completely different when we're gone, right? God is, my point is, God is still king. God is still God. We read verse 6 again. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia, out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. King's daughters were among thy honorable women upon thy right hand, and did stand the queen in gold of Ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider and incline thy ear. Forget also thy own people in thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy lord, and worship thou him. And a daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. The king's daughter is all glorious within her clothing, is of wrought gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment and needlework, and the virgins of her companions that follow her shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing, rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Instead of thy father shall be thy children, whom thou mayest make princes in all the earth. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. So that's Psalm 45. But like I said, what we really want to focus in on is 11 verses here from Psalm 11. I'm going to read them and then follow it up with Matthew Henry's commentary, and I'm just praying that it'll speak to you. So open up your hearts, and let's take a look at this. Verse 1. 
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling thereof. Selah. So please note, the very first verse says, you know, God is our refuge. He's our help when trouble comes. And because of this information, we won't be afraid. Even if the earth is removed, even if the mountains disappear into the sea, and the waters roar, and the mountains shake, we don't have to be afraid even in that wild and dangerous circumstances because God is our refuge. In other words, there's, there's nothing that can happen that should cause us to be afraid, those of us who belong to God, those of us who trust in Him and are taking refuge in Him. There's nothing for us to be afraid of. That's what the psalmist is saying. I wonder how many of us actually have that kind of faith. Verse 4, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he has made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease. Unto the end of the earth he breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. You see, that's the end of Psalm 46. But God has, God could just decide to make war cease. He can break the bow and cut the spear and burn the chariot. And the psalmist ends with, Be still and know that I am God. Right now the heathen are raging. But when God's ready, he will be exalted among them. And he will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Let's read the commentary from Matthew Henry on this real quick, and then we'll look at our Proverbs for this week. I'm just going to read his whole little, uh, his thoughts on this 11 verses. Here's what he says. This psalm encourages us to hope and trust in God, in his power and his providence, in his gracious presence with his church. In the worst of times. We may apply it to spiritual enemies and the encounterment or the yeah, and the encouragement that we have through Christ, we shall be conquerors over them. He is a help, a present help, a help found 
one whom we have found to be so. A help at hand, one that is always near, we cannot desire a better, nor shall we ever find the like in any creature. Let those be troubled at the troubling of the waters, who build their confidence on a floating foundation. But let not those be alarmed who are led to the rock, and there find firm footing. Here is joy to the church, even in sorrowful times. The river alludes to the graces and consolations of the Holy Spirit which flow through every part of the church and through God's sacred ordinances, gladdening in the heart of every believer. It is promised that the church shall not be moved. If God be in our hearts by his word dwelling richly in us, we shall be established, we shall be helped. Let us trust and not be afraid. Come and see the effects of desolation judgments and stand in awe of God. This shows the perfect security of the church and is an assurance of lasting peace. Let us pray for the speedy approach of those glorious days. And in a silent submission, let us worship and trust in our almighty sovereign. Let us let all believers triumph in this, that the Lord of hosts, the God of Jacob, has been, is, and will be with us and will be our refuge. Mark this. Take the comfort and say, If God be for us, who can be against us? With this, through life and death, let us answer every fear. You know, it's... It's almost like we've all just kind of laid down and said, well, this is just the way it is. No, we need to be praying. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Man, we've got to start engaging in this spiritual war. We're getting destroyed right now. We're just getting beat down badly. It's because Christians aren't really engaging. We're just kind of like sitting back going, oh, this is terrible. It's time. It's time to get on our faces and start petitioning the king. Start having real faith. Start believing that he has the power to do something. Start believing that he can put a stop to all this evil. Let's read Proverbs 28 and see if we can get some wisdom to begin our week here. Verse 1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. For the transgressions of a land, many are the princes thereof, but by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. A poor man that oppresses the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaveth no food. They that forsake the law, the wicked, but such as keep the law, contend with them. Evil man... Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understandeth all things. 
Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of rituous men shameth his father. He that by usury and unjust gain increases his substance, he shall be he shall gather it for him and will pity the poor. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Hmm. You know, there's a psalm, and I'm and I'm you can Google it and see if you can find it. But it says something along the lines, if I cherished sin. If I cherished iniquity in my heart, God would not hear me. What does this proverb say? He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. It's like, well, if you're going to walk in wickedness, but then have the nerve to ask God for things, it's like, do you see what's happening here? He that turneth his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Verse 10. Whoso causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. But the upright shall have good things in possession. The rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that hath understanding searches him out. When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory, but when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You see, when you do fall short, you come to God, you confess, and you ask for mercy, and you will receive mercy. What does the scripture say? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But if you try to cover it up, what does it, what does it say? He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them, in other words, you confess the sin and you turn away from it, shall have mercy. Verse 14, Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth heart shall fall into mischief. As a roaring lion and a raging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. Verse 16, The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor, but he that hateth covetousness shall prolong his days. A man that doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee to the pit. Let no man stay him. Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. To have respect of persons is not good, for for a piece of bread that a man will transgress. 
He that hasteth to be rich an evil eye, and considereth not poverty, shall and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. I don't know if you've noticed, but one of the large themes in this proverb this morning is warning about seeking riches rather than righteousness. And how eventually it all comes to naught. And how it's you're better off being poor, but good, righteous, kind, than to be rich and to be perverse. Verse 23. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother, and saith it is no transgression, the same is the companion of a destroyer. He that has a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. He that trusteth his own heart is a fool, but whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. There's so much in the Bible about how you treat the poor. What is Peter? Is it Peter or Paul? I think it was Peter who said a, that charity, in other words, love, covers a multitude of sins. We just did the sheep and the goats conversation on Friday. What was Jesus talking about? Those of you who fed me and clothed me, which you've done to the least of these brethren, you've done unto me. God takes that seriously. Last verse, 28. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. The day's coming when the wicked will perish. The day is coming when these demons are going to fall into their own pit. These people who are trying to destroy everything good and wholesome. These people who have committed their lives to destroying the children and committed their lives to trying to bring in the worst oppression possible for their own gain. They're going to fall into a deep ditch. And eventually they're going to be risen from the dead. And they're going to have to stand before God and give an account for the filth that they've wrought upon the earth. And the righteous are going to inherit the earth. And the wicked will be removed. That is what the scriptures teach. I pray you've been blessed this morning. Thank you for your support and for your prayers. We need to get serious. You need to get serious, and I I look in the mirror as I say these things. We need to get serious about praying and seeking God and asking and begging for His intervention and for His mercy and for the righteous to be lifted up and for the wicked to be brought low and for the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. Thank you for listening. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.